Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Straight away, immediately, laser-focused. It's 20 past 10 in the morning. Where are we walking today, Peter? Oh, there we go. We've actually got it right, right in, right into the intro. First thing we talk about. In mm. fact, because we're so laser-focused, do you think maybe we could be walking across... A sort of large JPEG photo of like a a kind of machine assembly line somewhere, like the in, yeah. the internals of a factory. Absolutely, you know we you know we're already there. Yeah, look at us go. Well, this, we're of course, off. is the uh, is the video component of the podcast because you know we can't we can't really do the camera stuff. The cameras are too low quality, yeah. or at least mine is anyway. Uh, so if you're watching the video version, here we are walking through uh, a factory of some kind. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, thanks. I'm, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. It's a nice yeah. day again. It is. The sun's shining out there. I can see it. Yeah. I'm not looking at it. That would be bad. No. Don't look at it. You um, Have you ventured outside at all? Not today, but as you say, it's only 20 past 10, so mm-hmm. I've only been up for about an hour and a bit, but... I more so mean that we are we're allowed to venture a little further now, right, than we were before. Oh, you mean since since we were allowed to, yeah. No, mm. I don't think I've done anything different since the restrictions were eased because I just kind of feel like yeah, all right, I can I can drive like to the Welsh border if I want to, but I don't want to, you know. I can even go and sit in a park on a bench, but if everyone else is doing that, no thanks, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And from what I understand as well, the uh, Wales is on has, has different rules. They're on stricter lockdown than we are. Well, that's why you moment. can only drive as far as the border. Right. Just look at it. Yeah. At, at all the people staying inside and being safe. Yeah. Uh, I, on the other hand, have been... Every time I need the toilet, I go outside now. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, right in the middle of the... a sunbather somewhere. Yeah. Well, usually it's just in the middle of the road. I've got a little little pile, you know. Hmm. Or I just do it. It's getting it's getting bigger, but it's exciting. Yeah. It's liberating. I can go outside more than once a day, you know. Yeah, and just it means that the most of it. when there's an eventual environmental health complaint about it, mm-hmm. then when someone from the council comes to clean it up, that'll just be a little lockdown friend for you to wave at because you know you don't you don't get to see exactly. many people right now. No, I don't. 
I don't even get an audience, you know, but I will yeah. when they come to clean it up. Mm. What a time to be alive. Mm. Hey, speaking of uh, excrement in the middle of the road, yeah. we've got a sponsor this week. That's and, true. Uh, as, as we have every week, of course, a relevant video game sponsor helps us bring the show to you. I've got the ad read here. Mm-hmm. This week, the show is brought to you by Unreal Engine 5. Uh, and we're excited to announce that Unreal Engine has generated this podcast out of 50 billion different triangles. So many triangles. We've got all the triangles here today. Uh, so you see that? Um, whoa, do you see that flip Peter just did? But not in the not in the keyframe animation I've done for the video because that would be way too much effort. Wow. Whoa. Stop. Look at you manipulating those triangles. Flip. See how the, the lighting changes when the environment changes? See how yeah. the... The beams just come in when the the roof collapses. When I do a flip and the roof collapses, and I can I can hear it dynamically. You can hear it in a sense that they've actually scanned in somehow the audio quality and reflection effects of a real life environment. What is that? That's it's mad, amazing, and weird, and almost unnecessary at this point. What's real and what's not? I no don't one know. knows. I don't know. Uh, it turns out actually that. Uh, Freddie Mercury of Queen was paid by uh, Epic Games Mm -hmm. um, to work on uh, Unreal Engine 5. And he did some promotional work back in the uh, 80s. You may have heard of it. He did a song. um, And the lyrics were, is this uh, real life or is this reality? Is this this something, no escape from reality? You remember those lyrics? I remember those exact, yeah. Especially the word something halfway through. That was Mm -hmm. one of them. He said reality twice. I know that much. Mm. Uh, So it's all very exciting. We're we're thrilled to be part of this big marketing push for Unreal Engine 5. Uh, So if you you touch us, we're actually kind of pointy because we're made out of so many triangles. Oh. Except we're actually not. We're made out of balls, just loads of balls. Uh, we balls. are. This uh, this podcast is actually running on um, Unteal Chengin Nine, yeah. uh, which is the sort of much cheat. It's a freeware version um, from the people that do WinRAR. So yeah. we get a lot of pop ups, but it's it's not quite as good. Anyway, that's not the point. the The real sponsors of the show, the real reason we can do it every single week for you, are the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where you can support us for as little as, and I'll try and get it right this week, twenty five cents per week. That yeah. adds up to about a dollar a month. Um, obviously, we'd we'd prefer it if you can support us at higher tiers. We have all sorts of rewards, and that'd be amazing. But for a dollar a month, you get access to the podcast question post I put in there on a Tuesday, and uh, you can ask questions that are featured on this show, just like my favourite comedian, John Oliver. Actual jo- Jolliver has Jolliver. asked a question. Sorry, John. I know you probably get that a lot. Yeah, two first names. Hi, guys. Big fan. Just join the Patreon. It says party on, actually, but just join the Patreon. I was wondering if there's any alternative retailers you use for games. For example, I always use Argos over GAME, which is on in all caps. GAME. GAME. As someone who as someone who isn't fussed by exclusives, I find Argos often has new games in stock and for cheaper prices than GAME. The PlayStation or Nintendo eShop as well. You know, Argos is cheaper than those. Also, I use base.co.uk for accessories for my Switch, as they tend to be cheaper than retailers and often eBay. Are there any alternative websites or stores you use? Hmm. I feel extremely fortunate now, Peter, Mm -hmm. that I 
uh, have a level of financial independence and ability that when I do buy games, um, I, I can I can buy them from game.co.uk. Get sorry, game.co.uk. Uh, uh, because they have usually, you know, the special sleeves or whatever, a little bonus mm. thing. And uh, I'm able to do that. And I know not everyone's in that position, especially at the moment. Uh, but certainly when I was when I was growing up and when I was younger, and I, I didn't have as much disposable income as I do now. Not that I'm, you know, not that I'm flipping rolling in it or anything. I just mean yeah. I don't buy games very often. And now when I do, I can I can afford to splash out a little more. Uh, but certainly when I was growing up, you know, I used to I used to hunt around for all the best deals. Play.com used to be my go to, uh, which is now Rakuten, I believe it's called. And it's not that good anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I've bought things from Argos before. I've I've bought things from when Granger Games used to exist, which I didn't realize was based out of Newcastle. Yeah. It was crazy to Market. find out. Yeah, it was crazy to find out that Granger Market was here because I used to buy from Granger Games online store. Um, as well as various other places as well. Mm. But, uh, you know, it was... Now I buy a lot of games digitally, usually. Yeah. Um, just because of the convenience of it, and there's usually some some sales on it. If I'm going to buy physically, it's usually game. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I, when I was younger, I always used to buy from game because... Uh, Essentially, the only time I would be able to buy a game physically was if we went into York City Centre, where I think at the time there was only... Well, there were two games and nothing else in terms of game stores, really. Um, or not not that we really ever went into. There probably was an Argos, thinking about it, but, you know. Um, so I still have always pretty much bought from game in store. But as you say, you know, not a cheap place. Um, so it just meant that I couldn't buy games very often when I was younger because it was just really expensive and I had to save up for ages. Um, the other thing I used to occasionally do, um, but we didn't go very often, there was like a little, a little like local independent game store, which was good. Um, but we're talking now sort of PS1, possibly PS2 era. Um, but that was good. You know, I used to bob around there and get, you know, games for, you know, 9.99 and stuff and that, that, Always seemed reasonably pli- priced to me, but um, I probably didn't have as good an idea of the market at the time. So maybe I was getting ripped off. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but nowadays, I don't really shop at game. Um, I am a, a normie. I am a, I support the conglomerates, unfortunately, and I shouldn't do. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm just a bit lazy. And so when I do have to buy games, which, as you say, we don't have to very often, which is a very nice position to be in um, because we get, you know, sent PR copies and things like that. But when I do have to buy a game, I tend to just buy it on the PlayStation Store digitally. Um, Or occasionally I'll get a physical one on Amazon. But that's normally if we're buying one sort of on the company um, and we Mm. want a physical version because we've got, like, one of those super-duper prime accounts where they'll deliver it to you yesterday uh, when you order it so yeah that's me really yeah i remember when i was a teenager and i was uh, the ps3 was early on and i had a um i had an account on play.com and i remember i got my i got my debit card for the first time i got my first debit card and then i could buy things online Mm. right 
And they didn't check your age when you bought things online. <laughs> so I was able to just pre-order all these games that were 18 rated. And it was such a game changer. A game changer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Send it home. It's done. It's over. Good night, everybody. But, but that's why that's why I always have like sort of a, a soft spot in my heart for play.com mm. uh, before they got taken over. Because that really was a great website. It was like the sort of the geeky, nerdy portion of Amazon just as a site. Yeah. It was really good. It was a great site. They really flipped that place up. But mm. uh, there's lots of great places where you can get stuff. But uh, that's, that's, uh, that's mainly us. That's where we be. Yeah, that is where we be. That's how we do. Speaking of things that we be doing, mm. what we be, what we, what, how do we, uh, uh, help me out. What, um, I've got, I mean, I I've no idea what you're about to say and I'm, I'm not really interested to be honest, but I've got a question. Yeah. What we playing? Oh, it's time for what we playing. Peter, what are you playing? Uh, well, I have been playing uh, a couple of games on my streams, continuing to do so. Uh, nearly finished both of them, I think. I think next week will be the last episode of both. Uh, I've been playing Resi 3. Mm -hmm. um, I I have done the bit that you oh. told me about. Did you, what, just, for, just to be sure, what bit was it? It was in the hospital and there were lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of zombies. Yeah, how did you find that? I did it first time. Oh, mate. look at this guy. Mate, did it first time. But nice work. Uh, it was yeah, it was a bit silly, wasn't it? It was it is such a far cry from uh from the Resi 2 remake. This you know, Resi <laughs> 3, is. isn't it? There's so many scripted events and you know, bits I think I mentioned last week, uh I'd just done the bit where you fight Nemesis when he's he turns into an excitable dog and just runs around <laughs> buildings for a while. Yeah. And just before that there's a bit where he leaps out of the spoilers. He leaps out of the river and chases you along a bridge. And instead of him just chasing you like normal, like where you're just free to move around in any direction and get caught by him if you're an idiot, it like locks you into this, you know, single path linear track system and you just push the up stick you know you put push mm -hmm. up on your left stick and just go and i was like what why is this a thing why why have you turned this into a scripted locked controls event just make him chase me along this bridge there's no reason for this um so yeah there's a lot of sort of weird kind of constructed forced bits in that game i, I mean i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing as such it's just i think you know, and again, I'm going over old ground here, but really it's just when you compare it to Resi 2, which is a largely free and open game um, mm. without too many bits where it's like, haha, a thing is happening. It's time for a jackanism, you know? Yeah. Um, Resi 3 has a lot of that. And in comparison, that makes it, you know, not as good on when you when you tick things off on, on checkboxes, you know, whatever metrics you use. But if you... If Resi 2 hadn't come out and this, you know, Resi 3 had been the first game they remade, I think everyone would be like, wow, this is great, you know? Looks mm. amazing. Love that engine. Love that UI. Love that map system. And uh, yeah, okay, a couple, one too many scripted events, maybe, but still a really good game. But it's just in comparison to its older brother, um, you know, I think it looks a little... Or, or sister. Or sister. Uh, I think it, you know, that makes it look worse than it is. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it for the most part. I just think, yeah, in comparison, it's not as good. 
Agreed. It it is great. It and it has some good moments, but they're usually quite early on before you get a feeling for you know how the game actually plays. Yeah. Uh, the early bit when you go into the spider nest, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, even the hospital bit where you're first going around the hospital, that's yeah. good too. Yeah. It's the I moments of tension. Spooky. It's the moments yeah. where it it's like Resi 2 that are the best bits. Yeah. There's also just a lot of cutscenes where where action things are happening and you just feel like you should really be part of it. Yeah. And you're just watching the climax of a boss fight and it's like, shouldn't I? Why couldn't I see that? You know, why yeah. couldn't I? Have, why couldn't I have done that? Should be me. Yeah, should yeah. be you. Um, as well as that, I've been uh, playing a little bit more Star Wars Jedi Knight, colon, Jedi Academy, colon, too many colons. Disney. Yeah, Disney. And, um, you know, getting to the end of that, I, I streamed yesterday at time of recording and said, this will be the last episode, not because we're going to finish the game today, but because I want to move on. And then I realized that, like, when I got to the end of the stream, I was on, like, I was halfway through the penultimate level. So we're just going to finish it next week now. Um, oh, nice. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that. That's a lot of fun. God, there's a lot of Sith Lords, though. Like, well, they're probably... I don't know. And they're probably not Sith Lords, technically. But there's a lot of red lightsaber users just coming at me constantly now. You know, there's, like, you get one or two in the first few levels. They're almost like a boss at the end. And Mm -hmm. now there's, like, Sith apprentices that are just constantly, constantly attacking you. I also made a bad choice uh, at at the moment, just just before the... uh, well, at the end of the last stream, essentially, um, I was able to make the choice between um, a new sort of stance for, with my single lightsaber so I can, you know, do heavy attacks, uh, or I could get a, a staff lightsaber like Darth Maul, or I could get two lightsabers, one in each hand. And on the advice of the, mostly on the advice of the chat, because uh, we did a poll, I ended up with two lightsabers in my hand. And now the super attack that you do with two lightsabers is super ineffective against everyone because oh. your character just sort of gets down on the floor in a little ball and the two lightsabers just fly around you with the force and they just spin around, which sounds like it would be really deadly. But there's actually a very precise line where if the enemies aren't within this this little zone, they can either be closer to you or further away, then the lightsabers will just miss them. Whereas uh, when you've got a saber in your hand and do the power attack, whether it's a, a staff saber or a single saber... It's it's much easier just to walk right up to an enemy, do the attack, and just chop them to bits. So, a bit disappointed with that, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it, but that, that's mostly what I've been playing. Uh, nice. Yeah. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, I played a little bit more Call of Duty Warzone. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a game in, in, in duos, which means you still get matched up with people that are on a team of three. Uh, so you're at a disadvantage. And I came second again. Ah, Getting okay. closer. I, I have a real a real issue in Battle Royale games of actually sealing the deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, winning, for want of a better term. Yeah. So it came really winning. Always always come really close, but somehow never never quite managed to do it. Uh, so that was kind of annoying. But it's, you know, that's a fun game. And it's free, which is lovely. I <coughs> uh, played some more Resident Evil 6, and that game is stupid fun. Yeah. Stupid, comma, fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, been playing a bit more Final Fantasy VII, the original. And uh, oh, t- yeah, took a few days off from it, but uh, went back and... Gosh, they do such a good job of framing 
Sephiroth as the most scary thing in the world. The mm-hmm. the use of music, flashbacks, you sort of slowly see his descent into madness and then in you know, in the in the current in, in the in the present in game, you just see sort of fleeting glimpses of him and like people talking about a man in a black cape having come through here, but you just don't you never really see him. And that's what makes him so powerful. Mm. Um and I and I forgot how, you know, just how good that is. Yeah, um, I I found that with um when I played Kingdom Hearts, I didn't really know about Sephiroth because I'd never played Final Fantasy VII. And although I should still probably have known about him because it's a, a pop culture thing that most people know about, I just didn't. Mm. And he's just this random boss that you fight in the, the Hercules arena. There's no story. He just is like the final boss of one of the uh one of the rounds that you do. And I was just like I walked into the arena. This guy just dropped out of the sky. He's got one wing, which is really creepy. And then that music plays. And then he was just super powerful. And I was a little bit scared of him. I didn't even know, you know, his backstory or who he was. He is just very well designed. And that theme tune as well is just the best. Yeah. And he's got a couple as well. Oh, right. Which is is the best. You don't hear the... uh, You don't hear that until you actually uh, fight him at one point. Or or is it him? Dun, 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 dun. Um, but there's there's another bit that it uses for tension that's sort of a uh, so a, a it plays when something creepy is happening. And it's related to Sephiroth basically, mm. and it's just a heartbeat with that weird church bell. The dong, yeah, dum, 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 like that, and it's it's so powerful with even the the chunky graphics, you know, yeah. Because it's so everything's so blurry and weird looking that it's like I feel genuinely uncomfortable and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and uh, they managed to. There's there's a bit in it. it I've just played through all the flashback sequences where which you which you go through once you leave Midgar, uh, where you're catching your your friends up basically on your past, and um, and you 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 recall going to uh, Shinra Mansion in a town called Nibelheim, which is where you're from. And uh, you're there with Sephiroth on on like a, a Shinra mission at the time, and he starts finding out things about himself, and he's like he's just realizing that he's some kind of experiment, and he starts to go a bit mad. And you you go down and visit him, and he he's just like I want to be left alone, leave me alone. And then you if sort of you you leave the room, and it fades to black, and then you wake up in a bed, and it's just playing that. And like right, right, why is it why is it playing this? And you have to. You have to go back down there again, and he's just laughing. And it's like, oh, Christ. Jesus. Oh, no. And then it's that famous scene where he he pushes past you and leaves, and you leave the mansion, and the entire town is on fire. And right. it's, the, it's that scene where he, he looks at you and just turns around and walks through the flames, and he's just killed everyone in the town, basically. And it's... Oh, my it's, God. God, it's good. It's still very good. I'm looking forward to playing more, uh, and I am playing it with the cheats on, just because I'm, you know, I'm here for the story. I've beaten it enough times, mm-hmm. uh, but it, yeah, really good, really good stuff. And apart from that, a little bit more Minecraft. Loving yeah. it. What a fun time. Built an aquarium. God, what a world. Nice. Yeah, and that's what uh, that's what I've been playing. Oh well, I hope you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a great time actually. Thank you. I uh, hope you hope you love games because uh, we've got a question from someone who does love games. Do yeah. You wanna, do you want to read it out? I would. Uh, this is from Old Greg Love Games. Hmm. 
Thank you, old Greg Love Games. Hello, boys. Just curious what the absolute cheapest you've ever bought a game for. I remember buying tons of garbage Xbox 360 games from the second-hand bin for the the Australian equivalent of £1 each back when I just bought anything I could. Thanks for the constant entertainment. Thank you, old Greg. Oh, thank you, old Greg. Do you have the world's cheapest game that you've ever bought? I don't remember specifically, you know, uh, really really cheap you know price for a specific game that i've bought but i do know that i have bought games on steam for less than a dollar for like <laughs> not 99 cents yeah um i know that uh i've bought second-hand games from from in physical form for you know a couple of pounds like really old pc games that even at the time had come out about six years ago and stuff um but I even vaguely remember possibly what the cheapest physical new game I ever bought was. Because the Steam store, all right, it's it's super cheap, but it's just like it's the digital marketplace where people crap out a load of rubbish and that's how you get stuff really cheap. Mm. But I remember going to PC World and I think actually we were there because like my dad needed something for the computer or, you know, we, we weren't there for me to buy games. Um and while he was off, like, looking at stuff, I saw on the end of a an aisle, there was, um, you know, those sort of dangly things that they have in supermarkets where they have, like, beef jerky hanging from? Yeah, Just the little pegs. Plastic, papery peg things. Mm-hmm. They had one of those, and on it was this triple pack of uh, mini discs um so you might remember that pc trays had a slightly deeper bit in the middle of the disc tray for mini discs and it had three mini discs on it and i don't even remember what two of them were but i remember one of them was you were just this caveman who it was a 3d platformer or well platformer is a very very generous term right it was essentially on rails um in what am I trying to say? So it was, um, there were only like paths that you could go on. You couldn't walk um, in, you know, like eight cardinal directions. You could only walk in four cardinal directions. Hmm. Um, and you just ran around, bounced on like little birds and stuff, and uh, just made your way through these really dull levels where there were just a series of 90 degree turns uh, and you just walked around like that and, and hit stuff. And I remember the theme tune. I remember how the music went specifically in my head. And I've always wanted to just find that game again, but it's just the most obscure. I was probably the only person in the world who ever bought that game. And it's definitely doesn't exist on YouTube. And even trying to Google like, the PC world triple pack mini disc caveman game it just gives you nothing. So can you the... can you recite the music now in case someone recognizes it? Not really because it was very it was actually quite thick with lots of different it, it was a bit Crash Bandicoot it was like a marimba and there were mm. loads of different marimba tones all happening at the same time. So I honestly you know I I don't think I could even do it justice. I think I would just confuse people. Um, what did you play as? Do you remember? You were played as a caveman. A caveman, okay. Yeah, there was the, you were this big, hulky caveman boy. And uh, yeah, the, you could only turn at 90 degrees along these paths. And I think, I seem to remember being able to jump on birds, little different coloured birds that were coming at you. But right. on the off chance anyone remembers that, it was part of this triple pack. Um, 
I think one of the other games was similar and the third one wasn't and I didn't really play the third one at all. But yeah, man, I'd love to find that one more time just to see how bad and weird it is. Right. There, yeah. That was a game we used to used to play when I worked for Splash Damage. Uh, there was a there was a lady on our team who grew up playing some really obscure PC games like that. Mm. Um, and it's especially some horse games as well. Right. And she would have the vaguest memories of them and give us clues in our in our team group chat. And we would make it our mission instead of yeah. working to to just Google the, like the weirdest search terms just to see if anything pops up. And we would always find it. And it would oh. be on this like strange tiny wiki, some someone's blog or something. And we'd just send a screenshot and just say, "Is it this?" She's like, "Yes, that's it. Oh my god, that's it." So people might be able to find it from those clues that you've uh, you've given there. Possibly, yeah. I never actually said how much that was. I seem to remember it at the time being, um, I think, three ninety nine for all three games, which <laughs> for new physical stuff is very cheap. That is mad. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, talk to me as well about because you've got some you've got some rare PS one games that you certainly mm. didn't pay what they're worth now. No. For did you do you remember getting any that were either on sale or you found them somewhere for quite cheap and now they're worth quite a lot? I think I think all of my PS one games uh, I always bought them new. I don't think I started buying second hand games until sort of PS. Two and and PC gaming, um, but I could certainly tell you. Let me do a very quick Google. Tell you what the biggest margin I've made on. I think I know what my most expensive game is. Okay. If I if I leap, you'll get those stonks up. Leap into eBay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a copy of Tomb Two, which is yes. not as not as rare and expensive as Tomb One, uh, but Tomb Two on eBay. Sorry, every time I go to a new page, it just takes me somewhere useless uh yeah it's going for like 100 150 pounds and i think i probably paid 10 pounds for it um so that's good that's that's pretty good that's you know it's not a bad not a bad thing uh turn b1 though goes for like 250 to 400 pounds sometimes which is just Mm. mad that Um, is that's bonkers yeah uh, I, I remember going into a game once and finding a PS2 copy of Eco for oh, yeah. £12. Pounds. Oh, wow, and at okay. that point, you could already buy it on eBay for about £30. Pounds. Mm-hmm. So I, I did buy that and then I, I sold it straight away online because, oh. <laughs> I, because I needed money. <laughs> yeah. I needed money to buy more games. So I did do that. Uh, but my cheapest is actually, it's a recent one. And I've, I mentioned it to you at the time. It's called Real Farm. Yeah. And it was on sale on the PlayStation Store. And the only reason I bought it is because I thought, hey, at some point, we might want to do some kind of video where we need a farm game. Mm. Now, of course, naturally, Farming Simulator is on PlayStation Plus this month uh, right. against everyone's wishes. So now I have the farming game. However, I also bought Real Farm. It was reduced from thirty four ninety nine. To 24p. Wow. So that is definitely the biggest saving I've I've made on a game I will never play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Metacritic doesn't have enough reviews to have an average. Oh, God. But the ones that are there are sub 50%. Yeah. Um, pull on your boots, 
fire up your tractor, and cultivate success in Real Farm, the most immersive agricultural simulator around. What? Go from farmhand Peter to agricultural A-list in career mode, or cultivate the role of an established farmer in free mode. Explore a stunning open world, bringing to life the American countryside in 60 FPS splendor. How can anyone in the same market as Farming Sim claim to be the most immersive farming sim <laughs> no around? Idea. I have no idea. It's 24p, so... Brilliant. There we go. Hey, that game's a little weird, isn't it? It's a bit weird, yeah. But uh, could we go weirder? Oh, definitely. Oh, um, actually, I need... Oh, yeah, hang on. Uh, there's some in the bin over there. What is that? I'll use oh. this bin paper. You got the bin paper. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? It's a bit thick. Sounds a bit plasticky, but it's not. Okay, I'm ready. We'll make it work. Yeah. It's time for weird news. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird gaming news. Peter has brought some weird gaming news. I have. Would you like to hear all about it? I would love to. Read all about it. Read all about it. Uh, hang on. Read, read, read all about it. Yeah. Tony Hawk was texting people about the Pro Skater remaster news before its reveal. <gasps> Tony Hawk. That guy sounds like Tony Hawk. It is. It's Tony Hawk. Off of the Tony Hawk's games. Off of Tony Hawk. Um, so this is according to comicbook.com, um, which is a weird source for weird <laughs> news. Uh, 
mostly because I knew that this had happened because I'd just seen people talking about it on Twitter and was desperately looking for an actual write-up for it. But most people didn't seem to be covering it, even though it's a bit weird. I think it's a good story. Hmm. Okay. So this is written by Rollin Bishop on comicbook.com. Finally, a new Tony Hawk game has been announced, and the skating legend let the cat out of the bag to summer fans beforehand. While there have been rumours of such before, Tony Hawk himself sent out text messages stating that remasters of the games would be announced soon. These reports came out minutes before Activision sent out the news saying we will in fact be getting remasters of not only the first game, but the second as well. Hey, I have a surprise and wanted to tell you first. We are bringing back Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the text, seemingly from Hawk Red, original maps, original skaters, and songs from the original soundtrack, plus new features. The game looks awesome and will be officially announced soon. Um, and there's, pe- there's screenshots that people have posted on Twitter uh, from their text from Tony Hawk. But how um, many people got? How many people is he texting about this? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you how it works. Okay. While this is a strange scenario, there is a texting service that Hawk himself advertised just last year. Basically, it allows him to text a bunch of people all at once, it would seem, and allows those folks to text with him. It's unclear how all the actual mechanics of that work, or how regularly Hawk might still use it, Uh, but there's a a tweet embedded here from official Tony Hawk, verified, uh, where he just says, text me at plus one seven six zero four nine two hyphen six seven one two, and then in brackets it says, for real, it's me. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to need you to reread me that. Um, give me one second. Okay, there's lots of punctuation in it. It's one of those. It's one of those. Okay, so what was it? Plus? Plus one. Plus one. Have you got parentheses there? Yes. Open parentheses. Seven six zero. Surely I've got... Where are the parentheses? Um, hang on. Hang on a second. You might not need them, but... I might, what I'll do, because I'm trying to type it into the number field. I'll type it into the text field and then copy and paste it. I know I've got mm. parentheses in there. Okay, so it was plus one. Plus one. Open parentheses, seven, six, zero. Oh, seven, parentheses. six, zero. Oh, close parentheses. Yeah. Four, nine, two. Four, nine, two. And then there is a hyphen in it. Okay. Which may not be necessary. Uh, hyphen, six, seven, one, two. Seven, one, two. Okay. So that's yeah. plus one. 760 in parentheses, mm. 492-6712. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to... For real, it's me. Uh, I'm going to paste that in. Right, hopefully that... Yeah, it seems to have auto-formatted. Okay. Hey, Tony. Huge fan. Very excited about the uh, remake. The game, I should put the game remake... Of you. Of, of you. And then in brackets, Tony Hawk. <laughs> uh, hope your Thursday is a... What, what word should I put in here? Is a, you is need a, a skater term. Like, um, is gnarly. Is gnarly. Is, oh, gnarled. Hang on. Gnarly. Hope you have a gnarled Thursday. Kick flip into... The weekend, my dude. And then in brackets, Tony Hawk. You can pop shove it into my life anytime. I'm not going to say that to Tony Hawk. <laughs> hey, Tony, huge fan. Very excited about the game remake of you, Tony Hawk. 
Hope your Thursday is not is a gnarly. Hang on. Hope mm. your Thursday is gnarly. Kick flip into the weekend, my dude. Brackets Tony Hawk. Fantastic. I'm going to send that now. Uh, he's probably asleep, but yeah. who knows? No, I uh, don't think Tony Hawk sleeps. I think he's just constantly full of energy. He's just doing 900s all oh, the time. Oh, I got an instant reply. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I can't currently text this country, but click the link to add your contact so we can chat later once your country is available. Uh, what a cop-out, Tony. Why couldn't you have texted me about the new game, huh? God, that's sad. <sighs> I'm, I am sad now. Well, that's basically the end of the uh, of the article. It just says, notably, this was not the first, second, or even third time that rumours and reports of a new entry in the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater franchise have come to light, nor is it the first time we've heard about a potential remake or remaster of the first two Pro Skater games. Ah, oh, that darn bird man. Am I right? Mm. Tony yeah. Hawk. Tony Eagle. <laughs> hey, I've got a really weird one for you. Yeah. This is from me. Kotaku and head of weird news, Luke Plunkett. Mm-hmm. Persona 2 Guide, written in 2011, gets one hell of an update. Guide? Guide, as in like a a walkthrough. The guide got an update? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. In October 2011, GameFAQs user ThatGuy4913 decided to upload a guide to playing Persona 2. In May 2020, ThatGuy4913, who says they have now learned to love Jesus, has some additional thoughts on the game because, and in quotes, Contrary to popular belief, dying is not cool. (laughs) The update was first spotted by freelance writer Graham Sigurdsson, who only this week had been legitimately (laughs) trying to use the guy to get him through the game. The tweet here is from uh, Graham. I've been playing Persona 2 and using a nine-year-old GameFAQs guide. Today the guide was updated to include this message because the author is now a born-again Christian. So, before I read this... I would like to just remove all doubt that I, we know we have Christian viewers and listeners and supporters and we, we love you all and this is absolutely not a comment on your religion at all. This this is absurd and I'm hoping that people will be able to appreciate just how absurd this is. It's, you know, whatever your religion, it's a bit strange that like however many years later suddenly a message appears in an old game facts guide for persona about yeah. any religion so that's why it's weird are you ready because this is a no, bit of a trip i don't um, think i am but i i will listen to it it's it's also a little lengthy but it, it it's worth listening to the whole thing because and then i will remind you at the end that this is posted on a persona 2 guide so just tell me how many years it's been since nine nine years okay nine years yeah brilliant here we go Years after originally writing and posting this guide, I now take moral offence at this game and would prefer that neither this guide nor the game exist. The only reason I have not removed this guide is I had submitted it under contract that it be allowed to stay on the GameFAQs site. Their staff has been very helpful to me, and I hope that my petitions and comments might eventually reach someone who can remove it. My complaints against this game are against its glorification of demons and evil spirits, and also against its promotion of witchcraft through tarot and other means. And then it says in brackets, tarot card divination forward slash fortune telling is expressly witchcraft. Both of these blaspheme against the almighty God Jesus, which are in capitals. Promotion of demon worship and witchcraft is common across Japanese-produced media, including anime and video games, and therefore I would caution anyone who is aware of these dangers to beware of these two mediums as a whole. However, I will only comment on a few more lies found in this game. Number one, who's the most powerful demon slash persona in the Shin Megami Tensei slash persona games? 
The devil Satan, not Lucifer, that's not really a name for the devil, only has what authority Jesus gives him. In other words, the devil is a wimp. At the end of time, the devil and all fallen angels and all wicked humans will be permanently destroyed. Gone. No sin will be in the kingdom. Contrary to popular belief, dying is not cool. Number two. Since all the Persona games have their own little end-of-the-world stories, which are false, I think you should know the way it will really end. First, the end-time son of perdition will be revealed in a strong delusion in God's temple in heaven. Thirty days later will be the huge invasion of the Gog-slash-Magog war, which is Russia, China, Syria and Iran successfully invading the rest of the world. That lasts for 1,260 days. Then the next 45 days consist of the death of the two witnesses, the first resurrection, then in parentheses, seventh trumpet, and the wrath of God at the same time as the marriage supper in heaven. On the 1,335th day, Jesus Christ returns to establish his kingdom on earth, destroys the son of perdition and the false prophet, and imprisons Satan and his fallen angels until the second resurrection, which is another opportunity for all unsaved to repent towards God and achieve eternal life. There are three more paragraphs of this than there are two Bible quotes. Do we get do we get an opportunity to repent right at the end? Is that is yeah. that? Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. I thought we had to maybe hedge our bets throughout life. No, no, I'm afraid not. You can be awful. As long as you repent at the end, you get to you get to go hang out with Big J. Okay, cool. So there we go. Uh, in case you uh, in case you had any doubts, Persona 2, evil game, mm. and also dying is not cool. No, it's not cool. It's not. Um, it's not cool. Absolutely not. Also, Satan is a wimp, not Lucifer. No, no, no. Sa- no. Uh, Satan only has as much power as Jesus gives him, which is yeah. nothing. So he's a wimp. Uh, also, the very, very detailed. Um, basically, he seems to have taken issue with how Persona Two depicted the end of the world and has has corrected it and told it wasn't us accurate to the Book of Revelation. Wasn't accurate to how it's actually going to go down. Mm. So it's all very exciting. That guide is is live and it exists. And uh, and you can. I'm just going to actually click through the link now. Um, is it still there? Maybe it's gone now. I think it might have been taken down. Oh. I think it's I think maybe he went so mad mm. that he broke the terms of service and it's been taken down. Yeah. I'm surprised though that he was saying that he couldn't get it taken down. Like maybe mm. all right, I understand that possibly the link would still be there to whatever document he had written, but surely he could just go in and like Control A and delete the whole thing. Yeah. Um, or is that what he did? Do- had he deleted everything except for that message, or would- had he I... left the guide there and just put that message at the top? Do you know? From what it's se- what it's implying and what the article suggests, it's that that was added. That was just a change that was made to it. Yeah. Um, maybe he, he genuinely thought he wasn't allowed to take it down. Yeah. Or, or delete anything. But uh, either way, Persona Two. That's on the naughty list. Dying's not wow. cool. No, and Satan right. is a wimp. Satan's a wimp. So, but he's not called Lucifer. Apparently, that's news to me. No, I don't. That he doesn't clarify, which is a shame. I yeah. I really wish that. Uh, where is it? Um, that guy four nine one three had updated us to explain why. I'm interested. I wonder if I wonder if they're on Twitter. Anyway, that's my weird news. Very weird news. Good one. Repent, Peter. Repent. Oh, I will. Yeah. Got another question. We've got another question right here. This comes from Trevor Price. That's Trevor Price. Dun, dun. Uh, Trevor Price says, 
Hi, Sandy and Patrick. Uh, hello. hello. Uh, what are your favourite 7 out of 10 games? Recently, I've been sinking my time into State of Decay 2. It's glitchy and clunky, but it has charm and I can't seem to put it down. Thanks, Eggplant, it says. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, yeah, please do Trevor. go to a doctor when you can. Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've got a few games here that are Ooh. sort of 7-ish out of 10. Um, okay. Maybe maybe slightly more, maybe slightly less. Um, two that I've I've talked about a lot in the past, and I, I won't dwell on too much here, are Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Battlefront Two. I think both of those, you know, Battlefront Two slated for its practices. Uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I think, is considered one of the lower end Assassin's Creed games, but um, you know, and I I still enjoy playing both of them, especially Battlefront. I still think it's it's fun to play. But I've talked about those in the past. Um, so. Hogs of War on the PS1. <laughs> yeah. Objectively a bad game, even it's, for the time. It's hard to play, isn't it? It's hard it's to hard look to at. It's hard to play. It looks like ass. You can like see through hills <laughs> and building. Ass. You can see through, you know, you can just clip through stuff. Um, but when you get down, when, when you get it down and, and you can use the weapons quite well, you're familiar with all of the different tools of the trade, and of course you listen to the amazing voice acting, and you play through the single player, which actually has a few fairly unique missions, you know, they've, they've been clever with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's super fun. It's a lot better than Worms 3D. Um, so, you know, I think people who... I, th- I tried to play it once on stream, and I think in the end I couldn't get it to run, but... Um, you know, when you sit down and if you're unfamiliar with it, you'll probably look at that game and be like, oh my god, what is this revolting mess of, of graphics? Um, so I don't think it would be rated too highly, objectively, but I do think it's super fun. Um, Stuntman Ignition I've written here. You know the Ooh, Stuntman games? Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Hot and fresh out the kitchen, yeah. Um, I mean, it's been many, many, many years since I played Stuntman Ignition, so it's not like it's one of my all-time favourite games, and I go back to it all the time. But I do remember playing that game a lot when uh, I was younger. It had like a a creator park equivalent for uh, for the stuntman games instead of the skateboarding games. Um, and, you know, every um, film that you worked on, because as the name implies, for those of you who don't know, it's a game where you play a vehicle stuntman and you drive various cars through dangerous... Um, you know scenarios but you're doing it for for the movie industry um and every level features a different film that is usually based loosely on like a real life franchise so there's one that's like um there's like a James Bondish one there's a Batman one there's a Dukes of Hazard one uh there's a uh there's like a a fire one uh what's the, or is it like a volcanic eruption yeah what's that is it just called volcano that film or like eruption <laughs> There's from, some sort of from the game. No, from in real life. There's like a uh, hang on volcano movie. Uh, I think it's just called Volcano. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's got like uh, who's in it? <laughs> Who I'm looking it? it up right now. Tommy Lee Jones is in it. See, ah, I knew there was someone okay. sort of famous in it. Um, so yeah, there's one based on Volcano from 1997. Um, so, you know, it's actually quite fun to work your way through it. And they build the levels quite well. There's always things flying at you and stuff dropping down and, you know, quite, quite cleverly, uh, quite cleverly designed. Um, 
last one though. This is like I feel quite strongly about this. Mm-hmm. I really, really like the Simpsons Road Rage. Yeah, I like that one too. And people, because they love hit and run so much, kind of feel like that they don't like Simpsons Road Rage that much, or because it's too much of a crazy taxi clone. It's just like, oh, okay, you know, it's just crazy taxi, isn't it? It didn't rank very highly in our Simpsons games ranked list. No. Um, but man, I I really do like uh, I really do like Road Rage, and uh, I I could play it again and again. Yeah. Yeah. They need to do some sort of like remaster trilogy you know the mm-hmm. simpsons game hit and run and road rage all in the uh all in the same package god yeah they could do that even if they just remaster it don't even have yeah. to remake it something like that anyway oh nice. there was also i've just realized there was also that film dante's peak which came out in the same year starred pierce brosnan and was also about a volcanic eruption wow <laughs> so, big years big year for volcanoes yeah so it's probably more more likely based on dante's peak but anyway right there you go there we are uh, what about I, you? I brought Singularity, which I mentioned in passing the other week, because I, I, I honestly forget about some of the games that I've played. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. I have to remind myself by looking through trophies or looking through uh, my collection of PS3 games especially. Uh, mm. So Singularity, it was, it was like Bioshock and Half-Life rolled into one. It was set in this, uh, it's set in Russia and you're part of some US strike force taking down some scientists you know you know how it is you know how this stuff is Mm -hmm. and there's there's an accident where you get teleported back to the 50s and you sort of jump between the the modern day and the 50s and stuff that you do in each affects the other you end up with a little time skipping device where you can age things or de-age things including enemies which is quite horrible um it's really spooky and atmospheric in places Mm -hmm. and uh, it's from raven software who have been literally stuck on Call of Duty Duty since this game came out. Right. Uh, 77% on Metacritic, which I think is is low. I think it deserves 80-something at least. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Raven Software, if you go back far enough, made Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, among other. Oh, of course, yeah. Among yeah. other Star Wars games. And it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure most of the people responsible for these sort of... Well, I don't want to don't want to plop on them too much, but let's just say interesting <laughs> IPs have probably left the studio now. Yeah, uh, but certainly I think they're a studio with pedigree, and I really like Singularity. It was one of those games that definitely falls into the category of, oh crap, Call of Duty Four is kicking kicking ass with their multiplayer. Yes. We need a multiplayer, and as a result. They had a really wonky multiplayer where, where, where one team plays as weird mutated monsters and the other team plays as soldiers. Right. And I wanted to get the platinum in that game, and I did eventually. And it's one of the games I've, I've had to work the hardest at for a platinum because several years after it came out, I think it was like 2012 probably, so before the PS4 came out, all I had left was the multiplayer trophies. And so few people were playing online that you just had to leave it searching for a game until you found one you just had to leave it on basically for sometimes up to an hour and right. if you if it couldn't find a game you would host a game but then you still had to wait for enough people to join for the game to start so sometimes you had to sit there in a lobby for a couple of hours and people right. people would get bored and drop out and then you'd you'd you know you'd lose people and you'd have to wait even longer for more people to join so you could actually play 
and uh, it was ridiculous. I did eventually get the multiplayer trophies because of it, but you would just see the same... You'd sort of... I didn't make friends with any of those people, but you'd see the same names clearly doing the same thing. No one was playing it because they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just trying to get those trophies before it became impossible to platinum. Yeah. Uh, but I loved Singularity. I thought it was a really cool take on that sort of space that is kind of uncontested with Half-Life. Yeah. Uh, that, like weird, sciencey monsters, time manipulation, special powers, Bioshock, society falling kind of stuff. And mm. um, I thought it was great. And it's it's never been released on any other platforms. So if you have a 360 or a PS3 and it'll be on Steam and stuff. But um, I really like that game. I thought Singularity was very good. Ah, nice. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a big game, though. But it is time for something else that's big. <laughs> something quite big. What is yeah. it, Peter? Well, I'll tell you when I've got my paper. Oh, have yeah. you got yours? Yeah, I got one. All right, okay. It's time for the big discussion. It's big discussion time. Time for a big discussion. So, in the last week, mm. we had, and I'm reading the, the title of the video now, Inside Xbox Presents First Look Xbox Series X Gameplay. Yep, that's uh, it. I was not anticipating or expecting this because I'm, I'm outside of the Xbox ecosystem. Mm. But uh, I, I did see that it was happening and I thought, wow, you know, I've got to see what next-gen games are on offer and there's a good chance a lot of them will probably come to ps5 which is my platform of choice so let's let's have a little watch and thankfully uh xavier ram ram ramble rambling around all over the place uh, asked a question ram bottom Mm. yes Uh, and aaron may asked something similar will aaron aaron may yeah Yeah. and he did Uh, microsoft showed off next generation gameplay parentheses all of these games were third-party games so many of them will show up on ps5 did any of these games catch your interest personally i'll probably buy dirt 5 being a car guy other than that nothing else interested me also how much gameplay did you think they actually showed discuss what do you think of this peter well that's the first thing isn't it that it's quote-unquote gameplay i noticed on the first i I sat and skimmed through the the whole actual session when we uh after it had gone out so that i could just cut through any rubbishy bits where people might be talking um (laughs) but i noticed for the first three or four clips that they showed uh there was text that says um this is representative of what we expect it to look like or something game and console still in development right um and it may well have said that on every single one but i just stopped looking after a while uh so i don't think uh almost none of these were actual gameplay um some of them were definitely in engine others might not have even been in engine um hopefully they were all in engine but i i don't know they will have disclosed it on all of them but as i say i kind of stopped looking however i thought it was quite exciting you know to see this is what the the new generation will hold for us and at the same time you know uh i didn't watch this until several days later when um we'd had uh, the Tony Hawk's announcement, and you know, since then we've also had the the Unreal clip, which was pretty impressive in its own way. Although, again, I'm I'm reluctant to get too excited about that because of the nature of how they demo these things. But you know, overall, pretty intrigued. You know, I've got a list of some of the games I want to talk about here. But what what do you think overall? Did you like it? Yeah, I was watching live, and I, I went in with the same mindset that you had. That mm. even if none of these games interest me, and there were a few that that just aren't for me, 
Yeah. It was still like, okay, we're actually going to see some, <clears throat> excuse me, we're actually going to see some next gen games here. Mm. We're actually yeah. going to see them. And yes, if we briefly talk about the gameplay, there were, there were, it wasn't gameplay. There yeah. were, there were very, very select tiny snippets in otherwise CG trailers, you yeah. know, trailers that were, uh, as you said, hopefully running in engine, but ultimately they're not representative of the game. They're for promotional purposes, and that's fine. That's what most trailers are, and that's all they need to be. Mm. Uh, but when you brand your stream as gameplay, yeah. you're going to ruffle some feathers. And, oh boy, did they. Uh, we saw a similar level of immaturity and just brazen... Um, Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? Toxicity. Sexism. Toxicity, sexism. Mm. sexism, that kind of stuff. The chat was awful. They were rude. They were immature. Yeah. And the, 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 the like to dislike ratio held pretty strong throughout the whole thing until the end when they started to talk to the developers of these games about the games. And it's like, oh, my God, how, how on earth could you possibly have an issue with that? You know, maybe you're not interested in Dirt 5. Yeah. But it's not like they're saying it's not like they're on camera doing a big old plop you know they're mm. they're talking to these developers about these new games how on earth could you take issue with that but as it went on people were just getting furious and the final the final tally is it sits at 45,000 likes to 35,000 dislikes which is astonishing and given how much sony was raked over the coals for their really boring talk where they didn't even show any games the fact that xbox got subjected to this and yes they were not transparent about the gameplay aspect truly just goes to show that actually the internet is full of babies and it's it's just what a disgusting online community there was watching that or reacting to it a very vocal minority unfortunately or at least yeah. i hope yeah um, no absolutely dreadful yeah. but we're going to look at the positives here Mm-hmm. We've both picked yeah. a few games. We'll talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla last. We talked about it last week, but obviously we don't... Very quickly to say, because we, we did get a couple of tweets, we don't know how Assassin's Creed Valhalla is going to turn out. We were no. just speaking generally about our dislike of open-world Ubisoft games yeah. last time. which it's presumably going to be similar to. You know, I, I don't expect them to break much ground in terms of you know, map markers, etc. But maybe they will. You know, hmm. We'll see. Who knows? The power of the PS5. Tell me what you've uh, what you've picked as a standout um uh well see i knew which ones you'd picked so um i i've just got a bit i've got a a list of six games that i was going to talk about um okay. hang on I've, I've written them in an order that means i can't just easily separate out the ones that you chose <laughs> That's uh, um hang on uh maybe you should go first while i just split okay. these into mine and yours that's um, fine uh, i've got call of the sea Yes. Uh, so this is, and we're, we're taking our information here from a Polygon article, which we'll link to below. Uh, mm-hmm. This first-person puzzle game follows a woman trying to track down her husband after his expedition goes missing. The adventure set in the 1930s will take place on a beautiful island filled with secrets. Got big walking sim vibes from this. Yeah, I think definitely. It looks beautiful, the cartoony stylized art style. Um, really, really like the idea and the concept. And as long as the puzzles aren't too taxing, because I don't like games like The Witness and stuff that are just puzzles. I, I'm mm-hmm. not not into that at all. Uh, but if there's if there's a story and it's just a case of finding out what happens as you make your way around this island, uh, then then I'm I'm super into that. And that sounds really cool. I, I was mainly just sort of blown away by the visual style, though. I really liked it. It was very pretty, wasn't it? The waterfall yeah. in particular was this big sort of chunky, cartoony water 
falling down that was just very appealing yeah um i've got by the way i've got notes here on whether we know for sure whether they are or aren't going to be on ps5 or whether we mm. don't know um amazing call of, call of the sea at the moment no information we don't know whether it's exclusive or not or yeah na yeah yeah um so uh yeah call of the sea looks good uh putting aside the ones that i know you're going to mention um mm. I tell you, the ascent nearly had me, um, which okay. was the. It looks like it's twin stick shooter. It's certainly a top down kind of shootery thing. Right. Um, it it nearly had me with um, the the opening cutscene. It was very cyberpunky. Uh, it looked like it had some really colourful characters in it, and I was really hoping it was going to be some sort of brand new third person. RPG that had just been sitting under the radar for a long time that no one had talked about, and then suddenly it cut to gameplay, and it was like a twin stick shooter top down. And I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I'm all right I, then." I I totally agree. I think that was one where the fact that they showed gameplay and that actually did it a disservice because mm. that that viewing audience, that live chat was absolutely brutal. It was ruthless and. Everything leading up to it was super interesting. It looked very cyberpunky, as you said, yeah. aliens and setting up this this world and you know a nice bit of world building there. Exactly, especially yeah. with the commentary. And then it was a twin stick shooter. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with twin stick shooters. No, but certainly that's not what you would have gotten from the. You know how how involved can the story of a twin stick shooter be? I, I'd, I'd love thing. for it to break the mold, but at the same time, it's I'm not that turned me off. That's exactly the thing, you know. I I think good world building. I mean, I I talked about this actually in my video that I put out the cup, cup, uh, last week. That I think world building can can carry a game sometimes that you otherwise might not be interested in, in whether it's the genre or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do wonder whether it's just going to be cutscenes and then completely kind of non-story related gameplay almost like i it's nice to marry the two together where possible especially in modern generations you know once upon a time it was harder to do that it would literally just be a case of cutscene and then basic gameplay and then cutscene and that's just how you had to tell a story back then but yeah. nowadays i would expect the world building and the story to be a bit more involved and as you say i i don't know how uh how engaging a twin stick shooter can be during gameplay segments it'll just be t- people talking over the radio to you or whatever presumably yeah so yeah i was a bit disappointed with that um what about you you got another one scorn scorn Scor- yeah scorn see i uh, would have written this if you if you hadn't gotten there first yeah well, well let's let's talk about it then i don't know that there's a huge amount we know beyond the fact that it's a uh, first person horror game it's mm-hmm. clearly inspired by hr geiger and and alan yeah help alan I was getting massive Alan slash Prometheus vibes from it. I even yeah. thought it genuinely might be that. There was a bit where like a tube came down and then a smaller tube came out of that yeah. tube and it reminded me of an alien jaw, you know, like a xenomorph mouth. It's all so um, phallic, isn't it? All the imagery yeah. in Alan is so phallic and that was mm. definitely that was definitely represented here. Uh just seems like a cool concept you know we don't get alan games sorry we don't get alien games very often (laughs) just to clear up any confusion we don't get alien games very often last one we got was isolation which was Mm. really good um but you know i didn't play it because i'm a coward so i'd I'd like uh i'd like to see another game set in that sort of environment again you know like i was saying with singularity it's sort of uncontested Mm. and i feel like other games could give it a go 
Well, it also, it reminded me of Prey, Prey 2006, Prey. like the original Prey, which I really yeah. loved. That, Flash doors. Exactly, yeah. That that whole environment. And even the weapons that you used were like weird mixtures of machinery and flesh. Like most of the guns that you had in Prey, Prey, were mm-hmm. almost like real creatures. They were shaped like guns, but they had like big blobby tails that would like fire out fleshy bombs and things like that and like they had little teeth on them and and Great tentacles big fleshy bomb big fleshy bombs and as you say there were big sort of weird orifice doors that you went through like you walked through sphincters a lot of the time which was quite nice. disturbing but nice. you know i really i really loved the blend of uh machine and and flesh which you, you were definitely getting that from scorn yeah um so i'm intrigued unfortunately uh, that at the moment seems to be other than on Xbox, it'll be on PC only. I'm afraid. Ah, um, that's, that's current information. Um, it might change. Um, and the Ascent, I forgot to say, is I think confirmed to be an Xbox exclusive. So nice. Yeah. Um. So another one I wanted to talk about that again almost had me, but lost me even quicker than the Ascent was. <laughs> okay. Second Extinction. I was like, oh, yes. first person dinosaur game. It's Turok. And then it wasn't. It's like clearly uh, kind of four player multiplayer. It's like Left 4 Dead, but with dinosaurs, isn't it? Um, yeah, but like in a big, bland, big, big bland, bland world. Field, with at least the, that's same, how it looked. the same dinosaur model for about 95% of the, store, of, of the trailer. And then there was a T Rex near the end for about three frames. Right. Um, but, you know, again, if that had been a dinosaur FPS with a story, you'd have had me. I'd have, mm-hmm. I'd have been sold, you know. Give me Turok, but no. It's it's definitely just Left for Dead, but with dinosaurs um, and probably not very exciting version of it as well. Yeah. So, um, and that is exclusive question mark. Again, waiting for information, but at the moment, I think they're only advertising as being on Xbox. Right. Yeah. One day you'll get the dinosaur game of your dreams, Peter. It's going to one happen. day. It yeah. might actually be in dreams. You may I have was to just play about it in to say, dreams. if I just get dreams, I'll be able to play all the dinosaur <laughs> games I like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've also got the the last one I brought is the medium mm-hmm. the description for that. Marianne is a medium traveling between the world of the living and the world of the dead in 1980s uh, communist Krakow, and visions of a child's murder send her to an abandoned hotel. Get ready for some horror by the team behind the Blair Witch video game adaptation as well as the Lair of Fear series. Now, Lair of Fear, oh, sorry, Layers of Fear, um, It's it, from what I understand, it's fine. As with the Blair Witch game, they're yeah. kind of fine. Uh, so I'm hoping they, they really knock it out of the park on this because it was a cool trailer. There was no mm. gameplay. Um, the music, ugh, The music was crap. I will say that much. It was very sort of cheesy. Mm. It was weird, uh, but I like the concept. And uh, am I brave enough to play it? Probably not. But... Well, that's what surprised me that you said that this is one you were going to talk about. I was like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> it's just one that sticks out to me. It just stuck out. It was like, oh, cool idea. Okay, I like mm. it. I like that. I like the concept. I might watch someone play it while peering between my fingers, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that one looked interesting. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to see how that turns out. Appears to be at the moment exclusive to Xbox, but possibly could be timed exclusive so nice there you go finally uh i brought and again i mean you know i i think i would have said scorn call of the sea you know if i'd maybe you know just just brought my own so this is yeah. another one where i was a bit <laughs> intrigued and then thought 
Nah, never mind. Never well, that's mind. exactly. I think we're we're pretty much in tune then because yeah. that's how I, I. I think that's maybe how a lot of people came away from this. Mm. Is that a lot? There were a lot of cool ideas, and it was like, ah, okay, maybe not. Maybe yeah, not. I thought that um, chorus looked sort of all right. Uh, that was the ship one, the the flying one. Yes, um, that set itself up to be something else, and then it was a, a spaceship flying shooting game wasn't it yeah like the actual ship shooting fly mechanics look you know fairly competent it seems like they're trying to actually add a story to it and it's not just going to be blow up that thing blow up that thing dispatch to next mission blow up that thing but um you know that is definitely one that i need a lot more information about before i commit to it but i can confirm (gasps) it will be available for ps4 and 5 can't wait that's like the only one that is definitely going to be on PlayStation. Wait. Wow. Wow. Mm. Well, there we go. God, I'm losing my voice a little bit today. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, let us know what you thought of the uh, Xbox Series X game stream. I'm sure we'll be hearing from PlayStation before too long. It's really heating up now. Lots of rumors that we'll hear something before the end of May slash early June. Uh, E3 may be cancelled, but there's still a not E3 taking place. Lots of big companies, EA, uh, PC Games Show, uh, CD Projekt Red and a few others are planning to do live streams around the time that E3 would have taken place. So Mm -hmm. we will do our best to cover those. We'll probably, you know, stream reactions if it seems like it's going to be big enough. Um, So we'll keep you posted on that. But it's about to get very exciting. Uh, things things are really kicking up again. We saw the new PlayStation Studios logo this week, yeah, uh, which was very Marvel, uh, but it's it's really classy. And I'm wondering if maybe that sort of that orchestral score that accompanies it is going to be similar slash is what will play when you start up the PS5. Mm, yeah, because uh, yeah. there's little sort of PS1 stings in there at the end with a bassy sort of. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And actually, something I saw on Push Square that. Um, that actually may have debuted a long time ago, uh, or at oh. least a few years ago. A very, very similar logo animation with very similar music uh, rolled before the Ratchet and Clank film. Uh, oh. when, when it was uh, PlayStation Studios is what it said. Right. Um, so pretty interesting. But it's it's obviously inspired by Marvel, but it's uh, I think it's really cool looking. And, and it's about to get far more exciting up in here, or PlayStation and Xbox wise. I think it kind of works that it's inspired by Marvel because, you know, although the ties are all very loose and the 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 legal issues are all, all very complicated, <laughs> PlayStation almost seems to have an unofficial friendship with Spider-Man, doesn't yes, it? Yes, they're you know, best mates. The, you know, with the, obviously the Sony and then there was the PS3 font was the same as Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. And then you've got Marvel Spider-Man now. Um, and yeah, so it kind of works in a way that they've gone a little bit marvelly with PlayStation. It's all um, about that. It's all about that Spider-Man license, Spider-Man movie is. license, I should say. Yeah. Um, um, best but it is, as you say, it's a very exciting time. You know, when I was watching the Unreal thing yesterday at time of recording, mm-hmm. um, I thought, wow, you know, we've actually had a lot this week. We've had Tony Hawk's, we've had the uh, we've had the Xbox stuff. As you say, the Ubisoft thing is coming up coming up soon, um, and I'm hoping. You know, I might have a little bit of uh, information on on my yeah. beloved, but I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's all very exciting. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us or find us elsewhere, Peter's going to tell you how to do that. Absolutely. Uh, we are elsewhere on YouTube and Twitch. Um, 
uh, Team Triple Jump, youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. We do videos over there, we do streams over there, and when we're streaming, we're modded by Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prompts. Our social medias are twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Mm-hmm. Luke Eldon, looking after Facebook. Thanks, Luke. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, We've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. All kinds of rewards. You can ask questions to this podcast. You can access a special room in the Discord. The Discord is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. That is modded by Jack, Joe and Crimson Dragonfly, also doing a great job. Hmm. Uh, The podcast, if you're watching the video version, you can get an audio version at play.acast.com forward slash S forward slash Triple Jump. Yeah, uh, the the website triple j dot uh, We got careers over there. We got you know other stuff. It says as seen on the BBC. Nice, um, and solo live stream vods. You can get those at triple j dot forward slash vods or youtube.com forward slash triple jump vods. Certainly can. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do at that Peter Austin at Ben Potter twenty or on Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Confused underscore dude we do streams every tuesday and thursday oh, sorry lists every tuesday and thursday streams every monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday thursday being on youtube the other days being on twitch worst games ever it's fortnightly friday for patrons of a certain tier sunday for everyone else it is a worst games ever week so there would have been an episode for you yesterday if you were mm-hmm. supporting us on patreon at the right tier podcast is every saturday and we've got some new show ideas uh we're going to try and roll them out soon hopefully in the next couple of weeks to uh to, to, to entertain you all during this continuing lockdown period. I know some of us are starting to go back into work, but certainly uh, we're, we're going to be working from home for a little bit longer because we yeah. it's just not worth the risk and we're able to do stuff at home. So yeah. we're going to continue to be home for a while. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes, etc. really helps. Something to do with algorithms. Careers. We've got a freelance writing position. The post closes tomorrow at the time of release. So you, you better get quickity snap snap if you want to submit your application thank you to everyone who's applied so far Uh, i will be looking through those applications next week Uh, there's also a video editor position peter yes that is going to close a week later um at time of release so that's going to close on the 24th of may uh so yes um that's a full-time position um, in office at Newcastle. Obviously, things are a bit complicated right now. We're not even in office at Newcastle. So, uh, you know, but obviously we want to get that all ready so that we can bring you up or down wherever you are uh, to the office as soon as possible. And in the in the meantime, I'm sure we'll be able to start, whoever it is, start them off remotely anyway. So uh, we're we're keen to close applications for that and make a decision and get someone brought on to help us out full-time. Fantastic. We might also be in a position to bring on uh, a couple of uh, video applicants as freelancers as well. So while there's only one position, you may still get work out of it. So make sure you get your applications in as soon as possible. I keep everyone on file. He's got he's got a folder Mm. and he thumbs through his desk, his desk looking really important, like "Mm -hmm." a little Rolodex, maybe something like that. Peter, you released a, a special video last week. I did, yeah. It was um, the first of what may be a few, uh, depending on if, if people want to see more. Uh, people were very nice about it. Thank you, everyone. It was, um, it's, it's. I, I like to explore some of the weirder side of the PS1 in particular. It was a weird console, wasn't it? They were, they were able to start doing things that they couldn't ever do before, uh, particularly in the 3D realm. 
So uh, it was uh, the the weirdest sci-fi sports or futuristic sports games on the PlayStation, and uh, involved a lot of strange aliens, strangelians, and nice. animals and things. So that was fun. Go and check it out if you like. Fantastic. Um, that is now live on the channel, so you can go see that. It is. I've been refreshing the uh, the YouTube channel during the course of this of this recording, which you may have heard my mouse clicking. We're on 69,999 subscribers. I don't think we're going to hit 70, sadly, nice. before the end of the podcast. But we're, yeah. we're close. We're well close. Uh, we're changing again. Really sorry, everyone. This is going to be the last change. Uh, we know there's been a lot of uh, upheaval and fiddling and moving things around in regards to live streams. This is the way it's going to be now. Mm-hmm. So please let me clarify for you. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Those are the solo streams. We do those on Twitch. YouTube on Thursday. That's when we're going to be doing our joint stream, Blaze It. So you'll see us on YouTube. We'll be posting about it on social media anyway. We have the VODs channel, which will now be home to every single VOD, both Mm -hmm. the solo streams and the joint streams. Until now, the solo streams have been going on the VODs channel and the joint streams have have continued to be uploaded to the main channel. There will now no longer be any VODs uploaded to the main channel. If you want to see the joint VODs or the uh, solo VODs, they will all be on triplejur.mup forward slash VODs. That's where they're going to be going from now on. I know we've been giving mixed messages about we're building up this channel. That's where it's going to go. But the main ones, the main channels still have the joint VODs. That's where you'll go for those. They're all going to be in the same place now. It just makes sense. Really. Easy to find. It, it yeah. does. It does. We don't want to split them up and um, you'll be able to watch them all there. So make sure you go and subscribe if you want to see the VODs. They, they will all be there for you. Uh, at the at the earliest 24 hours after the stream, at the latest, you know, if it's a Friday or a weekend when we stream, then it may be the following week. But it'll all be there uh, relatively quickly so you can catch up on it all there. So once again, triplejud.mup forward slash VODs, all the VODs, joint and solo, will be going there. Ah, oh, there we go. And uh, as I said, those new shows coming soon. Things we can do from home. Hope Hope you like them. Mm. Feedback very much encouraged, and you'll hopefully see maybe the first of those next week. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Just time mm-hmm. for our sponsor. I'd yeah, say we've... Uh... Sorry. about it. I will. Let's just talk over each other. That's fine. Let's, let's address it. Let's definitely address the fact that we just talked over each other, shall sorry, we? Sorry, what, what are we doing? What? Hello? So, hang it... on, every time you speak... Yeah, I'm sorry, hear. I just... I'm what? not sure. Uh, yeah, Hello? so... Mm. Do you want to do you... this... The what? sponsor. Yeah, I can try. Do the, um, is there mean, a de- hello? hello? Is no, there a I delay? I think. I think there, mm. maybe there is. Okay. Do, that actually there. That was just a showcase of the power of Unreal Engine Five because that conversation, that frustrating conversation, that little <laughs> tete-a-tete, wouldn't have been possible on Unreal Engine Four. Uh, but with the power of Unreal Engine Five, just a little bit of science for you. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking over each other, that was 12 billion triangles. Right no there. way. That was a lot of triangles, and you wouldn't get that, that in Unreal Engine 4. Very exciting. And uh, the, the way that it echoed around was mm-hmm. scanned in from a real-life cave. Did you hear the way that it bounced off stalactites that weren't there? I did. Yeah. I did. And you'd, you'd just been flipping like crazy this whole, this whole, this whole episode using those physics. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Continue to stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you very soon. Bye! Bye!
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.